Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everybody, Holden here. Because of your support, The Wizard and the Bruiser is about to start getting advertising, which is like a really huge deal for us. And for that, I just want to say thank you. In the meantime, if you could fill out this short survey, it would really, really help us out a lot. All you have to do is go to this website. It's wondery.com forward slash survey. Once again, that's wondery, W-O-N-D-E-R-Y dot com forward slash survey. It shouldn't take too much of your time and it'll really really help us out. Thank you so much for listening and on with the show. I've seen a vision of the future. I have I've received witness from from tomorrow what is it jake this is a, a leader will arise a powerful man will guide us to salvation who you cannot begin to fathom the power the smile that could encompass the world i didn't ask what i can fathom i asked who jake who Pre- i this is known it has always been known the rock will be president oh my god finally <laughs> the rock has come back the to the wizard and the bruiser Get to know this song, because you will be chanting it at a rally. <laughs> this isn't ex- this isn't an exaggeration. This isn't some kind of like haha joke. I genuinely believe this man will lead the free world. And I'm into it. I'm like way into it. <laughs> to be quite quite honest with you, I would totally vote for The Rock. That's it's, how fucked up this is. It's not fucked up. It's like the perfect alchemy. He was bred in a lab specifically to lead the world. Hi, everybody. I'm the bruiser Holden McNeely. And I'm the wizard Jake Young. And today we're doing our episode on Dwayne The Rock Johnson uh, based on really a Facebook post, right? And we uh, were like, fuck it. Let's do an episode <laughs> on him. I mean, we've already done enough episodes about fictional superheroes. We yes. might as well do one about a real superhero. Absolutely. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, the professional wrestler extraordinaire, the Hollywood god, I could actually say at this point. I believe he's the most uh, paid actor in Hollywood he, today. He is the highest paid actor today. Uh, he was the highest paid actor in 2002. Mm. Uh, the Mummy Returns yes. was his... No, no, wait. I'm sorry. Yeah, The Mummy Returns was his first... The Mummy Returns was his first movie role, but he you know, he was in it for like five minutes and like spoke gibberish. Uh-huh. Like, Scorpion King, though, I saw that in a the theater, That Jake. was his first starring role... And he got five and a half million dollars for that. Fuck yeah, he which did. Which is unprecedented for someone's first movie. <laughs> Viagra for franchises. The man himself, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Let's take it all the way. He's got a fucking interesting story. Just like all these fuckers have an interesting story, <laughs> Jay. Uh, I, Almost as if you can't be a boring tool and make something of value. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? Exactly. Uh, man. Stupid married parents who gave me a comfortable upbringing. I'm never going to get an Oscar at this rate. I honestly feel like my upbringing was too comfortable and that's why it's taken this long for me to excel in what I want to do with my life. I really believe that. I really believe it. Won't someone please think of us poor bastards who had a home and food. (laughs) Um, Attention. Fucking take it back. Keep your attention. Mother. Uh, Born in Hayward, California. He is like a lot of wrestlers. So so, of course, The Rock, a uh, professional wrestler. A lot of these wrestlers you'll come to find if you do your homework. Oh, wait. Dwayne Johnson was a wrestler? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them, they they come from a pedigree, a line, you know? Mm-hmm. And that is exactly where Dwayne The Rock Johnson 
came from son of wrestler Rocky Johnson and grandson to High Chief Peter Mavia. Mavi? Mavia? Okay, we're going to put There's going to be a some, lot of Samoan it's names. It's going to be a problem. From the Anoa'i family, which yes. is filled with uh, wrestlers. It's it's uh, it's insane. It's it's uh, Rikishi, Roman Reigns. Yokozuna. Uh, Yokozuna. And and actually, the Ma- Uso Ma- brothers. Mavia was actually, is not a blood member of the family, but his blood brother was uh, Ami Tuanai uh, Anoa'i. Anoa'i. Anoa'i, uh, he they were like blood brothers, so Mavia was sort of brought, kind of, kind of shepherded into this family that The Rock would come to become also a part of. Um, so Peter Mavia, let's talk about him for Mavia. We'll talk about him for a little bit. He was The Rock's grandfather, and he uh, was kind of a big deal. Um, he was known as the Flying Hawaiian. Uh, <laughs> he had an ancient Samoan tattoos covering his belly and legs, a oh, symbol d- of his high chief status. Do you know, like, did you look into that stuff? The, the, the tattoos? Yeah, yeah. I think it's like, it's, I don't know how, quite how to pronounce it, but it's Pua or something like that. Mm, mm-hmm. And it is like bone, like combs made of bone. Yeah. Just rammed into a, your skin. A small hammer, needle, and ink. It was, is the Samoan instrumentation that they would use. It's a tradition. So it, it must be intensely painful. It is intensely painful, takes hours upon hours upon hours, and specifically it's around – it goes from the knee to the waist, mm. and it's just – ah, like like seeing it, it's a symbol of respect and high status within Simone community. And The Rock has some of his own. He was given some uh, when he went out, out there uh, more recently. They, yeah. they awarded him his own, I believe, on his arm. Um, now he uh, he met uh, Leah Mavia, um, and uh, actually went after her. Uh, and his father, uh, he uh, actually never mind. It was it was it was Peter Mavia's daughter is who got together with Rocky Johnson, and that's the Rock's dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, Peter Mavia did actually didn't want his daughter to marry Rocky Johnson. He disapproved of the mm-hmm. relationship, but they got married anyway because, of course, if you're a wrestler, you don't want your daughter getting together with another wrestler because <laughs> you know how how hard it is on the family. I love that. It's always with the wrestlers, especially. They don't ever want their daughters to get together with other wrestlers. It's kind of hilarious. Um, uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, they, he, she did it anyways. And well, um, it was uh, it was on top of that. Uh, Rocky Johnson was actually in a tag team with. Uh, <laughs> yes, with Peter Mavia. So I'm sure that's got to be so when they like, were on the independent unit. Yeah. So like that's got to be creepy. Just like, you know, you just spend how many like hours on the road, like sweating, grappling with a man. And mm-hmm. then he just like hey your daughter's cute <laughs> yeah exactly right and and you know and he knows he could feel the girthy muscles of the other man when they were like slapping each other on the arms and stuff and have doing you seen weird... pictures of rocky johnson in his prime he is a titan he was a yeah. titan of a human being yeah they all i mean of course if it's the rock's dad i mean geez the Louise. dude had traps the size of an oak tree <laughs> just like a just a big black man with two oak trees sticking out of his neck it was he's terrifying <laughs> yes his father is a black nova scotian um, and if you don't know that that lineage, it's it's uh, it's it's slaves who who fled <laughs> the U.S. and settled in Nova Scotia in uh, Canada. So, and then his mother is Samoan heritage. So we're talking about this lineage of just fucking like warrior, <laughs> fucking scary, you know. Just... What we're trying to say is he comes from genetically large stock, <laughs> <laughs> um, who also knew how to like grapple and stuff really well. Um, so yeah, Rocky Johnson. Man, this guy—he uh, did a lot. He was—he was—he was part of the first black tag team to win the World Tag Team Championship in the WWF. What uh, was with the his what partner were they? Tony Atlas? They were the—they uh, defeated the Wild Samoans, who were a part of the NOI family, mm-hmm. by the way. NOI family, by the way. Um, he was uh, a truck driver, initially trained to be a boxer. He sparred with Muhammad Ali and George Foreman, among other people. Um, he ended up having a big feud in the uh, NWA, which is the uh, National Wrestling Alliance, which I found to be kind of <laughs> hilarious. Uh, he feuded a lot with uh, Jerry Lawler, Jerry the King Lawler, who mm-hmm. you might know as uh, one of the uh, announcers um, later Andy on Kaufman's in his career. Andy old pal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, shit, I didn't even, th- uh, yeah. Uh, uh, and, uh, yeah, he met, uh, Ata, 
Eta Mavia? <laughs> Jeez, God, I'm so sorry. Just send me a personal letter <laughs> if I'm not saying any of these names right. Um, when uh, they were, t- uh, him and Peter and Rocky were, were uh, tag team partners uh, on the independent scene, as we mentioned. And um, he they got together and had Dwayne on May 2nd, 1972. So, uh, yeah. Um, and then they had a rough time as wrestlers tend to do financially and things like well, that. Well, you have to understand that like uh, Rocky Johnson was never really, a, you know, a, a top tier, you know, a top card. I think that world act. that world championship tag team yeah. belt is probably like the farthest he got mm-hmm. in the wrestling so, scene, mostly an independent wrestler and all that. So that's independent wrestling across regional promotions, which is, you know, incredibly hard work for incredibly small venues and a lot of travel. And so uh, young Dwayne and I'm going to say Atta, his mom, Atta Johnson, um, did not like they did not have a reliable source of income. They did not have a steady uh, place to live. So they moved around a lot. Yes. They moved around quite a, a bit. New Zealand, Hawaii, Pennsylvania. Um, and, you know, they were they were on tough times, you know, um, at 14 years old. Uh, the Rock came home. Um, of course, he was just Dwayne Johnson back then. Dwayne came home to an eviction notice. He was living with his mother. He said, we were living in an efficiency that cost $120 a week. We came home, and there's a padlock on the door and an eviction notice. My mom starts bawling. She just started crying and breaking down. Where are we going to live? What are we going to do? Um, and at this time, he was a member of a theft ring. He was getting into fights. There were several arrests. And, uh, you know, he thought to himself, and he said this in an interview, what can I control with these two hands? And he, and he realized the only thing I could do was train and build my body. And all the people he looked up to, like Sylvester Stallone and, like, people like that, they were all sort of just jacked dudes who were very successful. Have you seen photographs of, of like, teenage Dwayne Johnson? Yes. It's impossible to believe that, like... If, look up, like, 15 years old Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> look up 16 years old... He is a full-grown man. He is a strong, strong boy man. Yeah, absolutely a big boy man. A big, fun boy man. Super producer Marcus Parks, you're recoiling in horror at the thought of (laughs) the mustachio titan in front of you being a... I have to assume that when you were 14, 15 years old, you were, I'm going to say... Gangly, I believe, would be the word. When I was 14, I think we covered this on the Legend of Zelda episode, I was excited about becoming adult Link. (laughs) I think at one point his uh, second grade teacher said, is that Bones or is that a boy? Um, Yeah, absolutely. When I was 14 years old, I was a perfect sphere. Just a friendly sphere that would roll around to all my friends' houses. Um, so yeah, he's jacked. He's huge. He takes a full football scholarship from the University of Miami. Well, actually, uh, can I tell this story? Uh, There's one thing that you can, if you need to learn about The Rock's life and his history, just watch any interview with The Rock because he sells himself like any true promoter can. And he talks about how he moved to Pennsylvania, uh, one of the many cities that he had moved to. And uh, he had a chip on his shoulder. You know, a lot, if you've moved around a lot, like, you don't really make friends easily. You're kind of like, you don't really, you know, it, it, t- it takes a toll on a young on a young mind. And so uh, he tells a story about uh, wanting to use the teacher's bathroom at his new high school, Freedom High, in Pennsylvania. And the uh, football coach is like, you know, bur- barges in on him while he's at the uh, urinal and says, like, hey, you can't be in here. And Rocky and The Rock just goes, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be right out when I'm done. <laughs> and the next day, uh, young Dwayne Johnson, realizing that he doesn't want to uh, continue his life as a juvenile delinquent that had haunted him when he was in Waikiki as part of the steal stuff from rich people gang that he was part of. Which is fun. I mean, you know. Um, apologized to the coach. Uh, the next day offered his hand and like and you know as a handshake of like you know respect and trust and the coach said you should try out for the football team oh the fact that young Dwayne the Rock Johnson was 250 pounds and six foot seven at age 16 might have had something to do with it yeah probably 
But uh, on the field, he got incredibly, like, the structure that he had been looking for, the attention that he had been looking for, and more importantly, the financial prospects that he had uh, been looking for were all manifesting themselves through football. Mm, mm -hmm. And if there is one thing that uh, high school football is good for, it is giving large boys hope. Yes, absolutely. And he would actually, well, there's a movie coming up later in the old uh, program that mm. is very much like that, that The Rock mm. stars in as a uh, coach himself. Um, and so, yeah, he takes the scholarship to University of Miami. Supposedly, that was the last school to hear from. Uh, to, oh, like, really? People were falling. I mean, you know, he is an ex he was an exceptionally talented, athletic, big, big uh, person. And uh, and so, but at that particular point, uh, University of Miami Hurricanes were the top tier, like the Chicago Bulls of college. He football. was on the Hurricanes 1991 national championship team. Um, but then, uh, you know, as happens with a lot of college football players, especially uh, tragedy strikes and he starts getting injured and he uh, he uh, I believe that the first thing was his shoulder got completely dislocated and. Um, uh, but either way, it was a series of injuries, and he ends up he ends up dropping out of school, and he goes through a deep, dark depression. He goes through a, a heavy one, um, and you know he 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 left school because he couldn't play football. The coach actually found him and told him to get his ass back into school, and was the one who kind of pushed him. So again, getting that guidance from a coach to motivate him, um, and uh, he did end up finishing school with um, I believe it was criminology and physiology degrees, bachelor degrees. So oh. that's pretty amazing I, I that was kind of interesting it was like weird okay criminology sure and um uh he uh but still had more injuries and therefore when the draft came up um he was kind of slim pickings for him he was drafted to the canadian football league's calgary stampeders uh and it also it, didn't hurt that uh didn't help that his uh spot on the main lineup for the hurricanes was taken over by uh warren sap oh <laughs> interesting Oh man! Don't you oh, hate when brutal. that happens? Yeah, <laughs> it's like if if I didn't show up for the podcast today uh, because my belly is currently filled with pills and nothing, um, <laughs> and you're like, oh well, don't worry, I've replaced you with Barack Obama. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so uh, even on the Stampeders, he uh, wasn't doing too hot. He ended up getting demoted to their practice team. And at that point, he is getting paid $250 a week. He's forced to share a two-bedroom apartment with three other players. He's eating ramen noodles and sleeping on a filthy mattress ditched outside of a pay-by-the-hour sex motel that he picked up. Uh, and then uh, and then he was cut. Hey, man, any motel can be a sex motel if you believe in yourself. <laughs> I love that they define it as a sex motel. Well, I guess if it is pay by the hour, what if you just want to take a nap in the middle of the day and you need a place to crash on? Come on. What, what is that? What? I don't. Yeah. Hello, good sir. Oh, yeah. I've heard this was the finest sex motel in all the land. <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. I would like to take a mild constitutional and then uh, parlay some rest upon your filth mattress. All right. You can smoke cigars, but only in the bathroom. Uh, he ends up moving back to Miami where he splits with his first wife. His dad has to pick him up and take him to Tampa. It's a four-hour drive because he don't have a car. He said, I looked in my pocket, and I had seven bucks. Wow, seven bucks to my name. And I believe that that might be a little bit of a callback later on in the episode, you jerks. <laughs> so anywho, uh, at this time, he says to his dad, Rocky Johnson, he says, Will you please train me to be a wrestler? Because, of course, if you're struggling and have no money, you got to find a real financially secure kind of new path to go. So he said, hey, professional wrestling, that's my <laughs> ticket. And so he hits up uh, his dad, Rocky Johnson, begs him to train. The dad, just like his grandfather towards mm. his dad, is like, don't be a wrestler. I'm a wrestler. I hate wrestlers. You know? <laughs> they all are like that, right? So he said and he refused for the longest time. And then he said, fine, I will. But only under the condition that I'm never going to go easy on you. And and so he did not. Uh, Rocky Johnson but be beat Dwayne. Wayne's ass uh, quite a bit in the old wrestling training. And he also got the help from Pat Patterson, who uh, 
He was this that this guy's a fascinating guy. He was the first ever WWF Intercontinental Champion. He was the creator of the Royal Rumble and has been described as Vince McMahon's right-hand man. Now, he also helped The Rock train and he was the one who got him his early tryout matches for the WWF in 96. So that was his kind of initial uh, his initial boost into the WWF. Um Now, but here's the thing. You're like, "Oh, why would you ever be a wrestler? Like, what's the point of that?" But the thing is, is that he grew. Why, God, why? Why did they create these abominations? <laughs> I mean, this was before the wrestler was a major motion picture, and uh-huh. everybody knew the secret that having people bash you in the face for a living was not a healthy lifestyle. <laughs> um, but he moved around a lot. He was surrounded by, uh, you know, caring and conf- and confident, strong women that were still struggling financially. He got a taste for glory on the high school football field. He got that like first glimpse of hope that there was something bigger and more important to his life, that he was a leader, that he was, you know, someone that could get the crowd going. And he first witnessed that same level of, of hype and of, of, of kind of glory watching his own father wrestle. Like he would, you know, he would visit him and he would like sit in on matches and he would see how his dad could like control an entire room and how the entire audience would get swept up in it. So if football wasn't going to work, he was always going to, like, be loved and be, like, the center of attention. That Mm -hmm. is, like, super clutch. So he wrestled in Jerry Lawler's United States Wrestling Association, and I love the early wrestler names that these people take (laughs) on. Uh, He he went as Flex Cavana early (laughs) on. He won the USWA World Tag Team uh, Championship twice with Bart Sawyer, in the summer of 96, he's also a tag team guy, um, signed with the WWF also in 96. His career trajectory at this point, from this point on, is like lightning. Like, he flies. Oh. I mean, okay, he has his troubles, but I'm just saying by, like, just just to say, I'm just going to say by, like, 98, he's huge. Like, okay. by, like, 98, he's Okay, like, well, a lot happens. A lot happens in those two years, but that's still so, fucking fast, Jake. That's he, a fat signing in '96, and in three years, you're like the the top of the top. But yes, he is an okay. He is an exceptional talent. He is an exceptional talent. I'll give you that. But like, and you know, he talks about like roughing it in the indie circuit. You know, sleeping in barns, uh, wrestling at a flea market for forty dollars. Like for many wrestlers, that is their entire lives. Yeah, that's it. But it's, I mean, it's so like you think it's hard to be like a professional actor or mm-hmm. to be, you know, um, I don't know, you know, a dancer or something. But like r- if you really look at how many wrestlers are actually paid really well mm-hmm. and stay at the top for like longer than like a day, <laughs> it's is not a lot. And it's really, really hard to actually make it into like Raw or, or like WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that is like fucking hard that is a small it's a little bit easier to get into wcw nitro and even that's hard as shit yeah (laughs) exactly so yeah he definitely i mean i'm not saying he didn't pay his dues i'm just saying he fucking he rises man a star rises um so but when he finally makes it to the wwf slash e slash vince mcmahon's circus of pain whatever you want to call it (laughs) uh he, they are in, they push him hard as the most baby face baby face yeah. that has ever been known to humankind. The nickname the blue chipper. He's debuted as he literally is debuted Rocky as Rocky My- Mavia, which Mavia. is Mavia. I'm gonna say Mavia. Mavia, uh, and his which whole- is his dad and his grandfather's names together. So they push from day one. They push that his gimmick is is that he's the first third generation wrestler in the WWF franchise. It just seems like a hard thing to push. It seems like and, and by the way, I would I never I was born into this. I yeah. cheer me on, fellow. Yeah, I would never make that a uh, a uh, baby face. I would I would always make that a uh, heel. Uh, you know, like Absolutely. like that that's the uh, for me logically. I deserve this. Right? Yeah, no one's going to want you to be a face uh uh with that sort of approach. So not only so not only is he introduced and given so many pushes to quote unquote get over, but the entire premise that, oh, my daddy did this and my grandpappy did this, so I'm doing it and I think it's cool, just did not work yeah, at all. Audiences um, became hostile, chanting, die, Rocky, die. Rocky and sucks. Rocky, Rocky sucks. Um, uh, 
Mick Foley talked about how uh, early in his career he was like the biggest pop he got up until that point uh, as a face was when he was supposed to be a heel but beat Rocky Maivia. <laughs> that the crowd loved that he lo- that ro- that uh, the Rocky Maivia character lost. Uh, Triple H referred to his character at the time as 1970s white meat baby face that nobody could like. <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah. only that, but in a di- while all of this is working against him, this is where the uh, Attitude Era is about to crest. So yeah, we, so- oh my god! And 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 by the way, like my favorite, you know, period of wrestling, probably personally. The, I'm was, still was, gonna have to the '80s great era. The you know, yeah. I, well, it was. Just, I mean, I, I, look in hindsight, like I, I would maybe you know, I would mm. definitely hear the argument for that. But for me personally, just like while I was into wrestling, mm. there was a period of time I was into it with the whole NWO stuff, mm-hmm. and then it was the Attitude Era and what was happening there. With and we're oh man, well, well I well, just imagine Young Holden going. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was so good. It was Generation X. (laughs) Well, before we get into that, uh, uh, smartly, Rocky turns uh, heel. By Rocky, I mean Dwayne the Rock Johnson turns heel by joining the Nation of Domination, which is a hilarious group of. I mean, uh, based on the Nation of Islam and the Black Black Panther Party. I mean, he's he's an (laughs) enforcer. Like. It's kind of weird that he enters. I mean, it is both uh, both aspects of his family is, uh, you know, he enters as a smiling Samoan like hero character. A lot of his early outfits have like a lot of ceremonial garb to it. The audience doesn't like it. So then he turns it around and re-enters as an angry black man. And now this is when he starts referring to himself in the third person as The Rock. This is when the fucking Rock is born, brother. Mm. Um, and he uh, he's insulting the audience in promos and interviews, calls uh, Kevin Kelly uh, an ugly hermaphrodite. <laughs> um, and he's really good at it. He's really good at insulting people, at making fun of people. We're going to hear some of his, like, sort of mimicking. He's really good at doing impressions, like, in a very mimicky way of when other you say wrestlers. he's good at impressions do you mean that thing where he just goes me 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 yeah it's <laughs> not a good impression well i mean in like a shit talky way like in a oh, shit talky yeah, way and like like uh in the clip we're gonna play in a little bit uh he literally like when he plays the undertaker he like rolls his eyes up in the back of his yeah. head it's just fun he's just it's not that he's good at impressions he's just really good at like nailing Making an audi- a wrestling audience laugh at those kind of things that uh, uh, different wrestlers trademarks like speech patterns and stuff. You know, it's 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 really good at the, fucking with people. The, uh, they, according to what uh, you know, according to The Rock and other wrestlers, like you know, the the lionized version of this story is that the character of The Rock allowed more of his true personality to shine through that like in reality the rock wasn't a baby-faced hero to children he was a former juvenile delinquent who played a violent sport for uh the hurricanes famously one of the most trash talkingest teams in uh the and N- in yeah. the ncaa oh my god well i i can speak from experience dude uh I, I went to florida state university our rival was university of miami oh. and that stadium like uh, situation was a fucking war zone. <laughs> like it's not fun anymore. Like I went with my brother. Who's, my brother's like a North Carolina f- football fan. Yeah, like yeah. he's UNC. He loves going to see like UNC play against Duke. He came down to an FSU University of Miami game and he was frightened. As was I at like the whole situation there. It is not nice. They're mean to each other, like legitimately hate each other. It is fucking the most evil rivalry I've ever experienced. Yeah, Uni- University of Miami is not fucking around at all. God, like, I love college football. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I was like, could not wait to get out of there. It was just scary. God, during one of my college football games or the one that I went to, we, uh, with our rival. The one? We were, no, I went to a, okay. a ton of them. Uh, we, uh, Tore down the goalpost, and we were playing Texas A&M. Tore down the goalpost, shoved it into the opposing team stands, and then punched out the governor's top lieutenant. <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta love it. My brother, yeah, my brother was seriously jarred from the whole experience. Um, so, anyways, uh, yeah, he was really good at talking shit. He and he, uh, and then right place, right time, kind of uh, scenario. He ends up going against Stone Cold Steve Austin for the Intercontinental Championship. 
Stone Cold defeats him in under six minutes, but this spawns a feud that goes on for several matches. Um, during this time, The Rock overthrows Farouk, who is the leader of the Nation of Domination. I mean, by that point, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Like, The Rock was gaining so much steam, but he was still, like, the enforcer for this, like, one-bit character. Right. And uh, so he had to become his own man, right? Yeah. And and now I think, okay, the WWF attitude oh, and era. Not, yeah, it was also about factions because there yeah. was the Degeneration X faction. There was. I think that was yeah. all spawned by WCW, NWO yeah, stuff, yeah. and they kind of adopted that. And then really, like, they just had so many st- much, uh, arguably much stronger personalities in their, like, canon at that time, WWF. There was, like, why are we, like, factioning people when, like, <laughs> Steve Austin's just Steve o- Stone Cold Steve Austin. The Rock is just The Rock. Mankind is just mankind. I mean, yeah. these people don't need to be a Triple part of a Triple H posse. is still wishes that Degeneration X was still a thing. Yeah, yeah. Because fuck Triple H. Yeah, but. whatever with all that. Yeah, exactly, right? I mean, these guys just shine so bright that, like, you just had to let them go. And and really also, the WWF Attitude Era was um, an era where they tried to have heels. They had, like, no control over their heels. Their yeah. heels were so likable <laughs> that the heels became fa- the weird mix between heel and face. People loved Stone Cold because he'd just come out and just talk shit and, you know, kick ass and and, and all catchphrases. This- yeah. It was all about the catchphrases. All, and The Rock has them in spades. I mean, um, can you smell what The Rock is Cooking. Know your role. Shut your mouth. You've got Finally, a- The Rock has come back to insert, insert wherever insert, city he's in. Insert town here. I watched him say that about like so many different cities this afternoon, and I, it's like so excited. It's always exciting to hear the way he like brings it up. He was so good at those like vocal inflections and and just tagline after tagline. What, what was what what did it? What was he good at? Like. It doesn't matter what he was good at. <laughs> right? He just, he had like such a powerful, emotive, just voice, he just can tra- presence. Chris Jericho talks about this, and uh, The Rock would actually say it's sing-along time with The Rock because the audience like felt like part of the show because he had all these call and responses. Yeah, he uh, had so many of them. Not only that, but like uh, candy ass. Rudy Pooh. Yeah, Jabroni. <laughs> Jabroni. Uh, I like Rudy even, Pooh. Even Rudy S- Pooh, yeah. Smackdown. Smackdown. The word Smackdown came from him. Yeah. That wasn't part of the lexicon. It was Beatdown and Smacked. The Smackdown did not exist until The Rock. Uh, the People's Elbow was his big move. I um, always prefer The Rock Bottom. The Rock Bottom, I think. Rock was- Bottom is, yeah, yeah. Rock Bottom is actually his, his, well, he had the two signatures, right? Yeah. Uh, actually, I think this would be a good time to play that. This is him talking shit uh, to, like, The Undertaker and, and stuff, and you can hear the chanting um, from the audience at the end. The Rock says this, Undertaker and Big Show, you've got... Enough gall to challenge The Rock, the great one, on his show, The People's Show, SmackDown this Thursday night? Well, The Rock says this. Big Show, you come on down. (laughs) Great impressionist. I love it. Undertaker, you come on down. Die, die, die. Amazing. And all that stupid crap over and over and over again. The Rock says this. He has said it before. He will say it again. When you live by the dirt, you die by the shovel. So The Rock says he's going to take a gold-plated shovel, and he's going to hit the big slow right across his 59-pound head. Then he's going to take The Undertaker with all his Mickey Mouse tattoos, bend him over, take one pile of dirt, pour it on top of his head, turn that shovel sideways, and stick it straight up his candy ass. Oh, keep it going, mankind. keep it going, now, keep it going. Whoa, 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 the rock is not done. <laughs> if you knew your role and shut your mouth and listen, listen, shh, because they are chanting the rock's name. That is power. That is yeah. fucking powerful. All right, that's, that's good right there. The millions. Mad millions. Undertaker. That is And the whole time it's when him and mankind were tag team uh, partners, the whole time Mick Foley's just sitting there going, Right, right. <laughs> right yeah. Oh god oh no. Is I mean, 
The Rock and Sock connection still okay. hasn't happened. The Rock and Sock we haven't got to, but it is fucking great A. In the early, so he still stays a heel because he's the corporate champion. Yeah. And he's like, and technically like The Vince, corporation is Vince McMahon's uh, stable uh, cabal. Or whatever. <laughs> um, and uh, it wasn't until uh, 1999, I think, uh, that like, you know, he had these epic matches with Mankind. These, you know- the Rock is just dishing out punishment, and mankind, this Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, uh, beloved nice person. Honestly, we're probably going to do an episode of Mick Foley at some point as well, uh, Jake. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's my favorite. He becomes so, the ultimate too. underdog because, like, here's The Rock in his sunglasses and his, like, you know, this this kind of uber charisma and this towering physique, just wailing on this genuinely greasy schlub of a human being <laughs> in a leather mask who's just powerless and, like, unable to fight back, really. And it kind of turns the tide. Uh, if you watch some of the matches between Mankind and The Rock, there is some brutal impacts yeah, left and, and right. I'll tell you what, actually. Uh, this would be a good time to bring up uh, Beyond the Mat. If you've never seen it, I can't recommend that documentary enough. Mm -hmm. And you have an amazing, they capture amazingly a pay-per-view event against uh, The Rock and Mankind where uh, you actually have footage of The Rock talking to uh, Mick Foley's family backstage, like just being very uh, such a sweetheart right before he goes out and just beats the <laughs> shit out of him. And you have like the whole family watching this and like crying, mm -hmm. just like weeping and screaming for their father because he's just getting beaten so bad by the rock who was literally like giving them hugs and shit like an hour before um it's it's a phenomenal documentary about the the uh the underbelly of wrestling and i highly recommend it for anybody who's curious um so what happens at us is uh the rock came for the championship but uh steve austin was still the top dog and beat him but later uh steve austin got a neck injury and was out of wrestling for an entire year Mm. And in that void, The Rock exploded. Yeah. Um, you know, he had a long-term rivalry with uh, Triple H, who was the perfect supervillain for the people's champion to fight back against. With um, Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, out of commission, The Rock was the one that was tapped to be, like, the multimedia representative of the WWE, WWF. I don't even care anymore. Vince McMahon's cyclone of destruction <laughs> chewer of human souls <laughs> devourer of good men um, i believe it's um juggalo's carnival <laughs> <laughs> uh and so the rock is now getting exposed you know he's showing up on mtv and regis philbin and all these talk shows and wherever he goes he has that fucking charisma mm -hmm. and people are getting impressed with him yep and so uh that leads to an appearance on snl Yes, right. He did have a couple. I did want to bring up in 1999. He did. Uh, he his very first gig was actually um, that on that 70s show. The episode's called that wrestling show. He and it's very cute. He portrays his father, Rocky Johnson, which is very very sweet. And and then uh, he did a uh, episode of Star Trek Voyager that I highly recommend you look up. Oh my god! Where he uh, fights, uh, he's an alien fighting um, seven, seven of nine, nine. the uh, female uh, like uh, attractive lady of that uh, Star Bork. Trek. The the fuck Bork. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, man, it's a funny one. So <laughs> I watched that earlier. But yeah, he does SNL. Um, it was kind of a wrestling themed SNL. There were other wrestlers made appearances. Um, I believe that was in 01. Uh, that that pans. That makes sense. And uh, it it he he claims that that after the success of that, he was just so you know fun to watch on that show that that's when he started getting the offers from Hollywood. Uh, yeah, that's apparently that's according to him. That's the story. Uh, he also spoke at the 2000 Republican National Convention. <laughs> very very strange. <laughs> he was at the Democratic National Convention, but they're like, we can't have a wrestler on stage for that. But the Republicans were like. Oh, okay. yeah, have the most charismatic large man in the room talk to our audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Guy that just looks like he'll fix all the, your bullshit for you, essentially. Uh, but uh, it was his SNL appearance that led to him being cast in The Mummy Returns as the Scorpion King. Yes, the Scorpion King. And then, of course, after that, he appears starring in his first big Hollywood role as 
the Scorpion King. Do you and remember the, the, the scene King. in The Mummy Returns when he shows up as a scorpion monster? No. <laughs> it's it's considered one of the worst CGI like moments in movie history, but it's really dumb because uh the the idea is the Scorpion uh King uh, whatever his name is, is an Akkadian warrior that wanted to conquer the world and made a alliance with Anubis for like dark powers. And, you know, Brendan Fraser is trying to stop the evil badness in the mummy franchises. Mm-hmm. And then in the final climax comes a bad CGI Dwayne Johnson <laughs> in like that weird plastic final fantasy fashion. And he's a half scorpion monster, <laughs> which is weird. Cause you'd think the scorpion name was like kind of a nickname and right. not like, no, or, or maybe he would just be the king of scorpions, like in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, with the Rat King controls all the rats. So Super the producer Marcus control- Parks, are you bringing up CGI Scorpion King the Rock? <laughs> That's from a movie. That's from a movie in 2002. Oh wow! Yeah, that <laughs> looks like, like a shitty God of War. Cousin. Yeah, it looks like Mortal Kombat Eight. <laughs> like. <laughs> not even one of the newer he ones. He did not have a single line of English dialogue in The Mummy Returns. So he gets his own starring role. Now, it, oddly, all right, I had no interest in seeing The Mummy or The Mummy Returns back then, mm-hmm. but I saw The Scorpion King in the theater uh, because I just wanted to – I was into wrestling. Uh, I was a fan at that point of wrestling, and I just wanted to see – I really thought The Rock was a charismatic dude that I just enjoyed watching. So we were like, fuck it. Let's go see The Rock in his first big starring role. And I had a great time. I don't remember jack shit about that movie, but I do remember walking Kelly out Hu and being like – Kelly was naked in it. I remember uh, that. Yeah? That was real nice. I just remember walking out and being like, yeah, that was fucking great. Well, you mentioned that because I don't think we quite uh, – you know – I don't think we gave enough personal info about the fact that during this time, wrestling was huge. Yeah. And you, we would have seen anything, The Rock, anything. Yeah, exactly. We, like and quoting that's why in the he, hallways. And again, that's why he got, you know, big roles so quickly because mm-hmm. he could really bring people in to the movie theater and he wasn't bad. <laughs> in fact, he was good, you know, and that was I kind of I think a rarity at the time. Not a lot of wrestlers, by the way, can make the jump. Mm-hmm. to uh, big films, and a lot of them have tried. The Rock is in a small, small group of people. Again, even smaller than the small group of people who are able to mm-hmm. become professional big-time wrestlers and make a lot of money doing it. And then to also make the jump to Hollywood, very tricky to do. But he managed to do it, because even if The Scorpion King was like a schlocky, dumb movie, like mm-hmm. he was fucking fun to watch in it. He was really fun to watch in it. And then after The Scorpion King, he was in like 100 million movies. Um, I mean, not that many. <laughs> not that many. But So this is that kind of in-between stage where he is still the biggest name in wrestling. And he's trying to get into – and he's doing well in Hollywood as well. But these are two different concerns. It's yeah. actually um, – he talks about this along with his then-wife – Still current manager, Danny Garcia, ah. or short for Danielle. Or Is she whatever. the one that's the daughter of the drummer of Boston? Uh, no, that's his current, current wife. Partner. Okay. Um, the Rock and, and Danny Garcia met when they were both at the University of Miami on athletic scholarships. Danny Garcia uh, worked for Merrill Lynch as a financial advisor mm. and is a, a semi-professional female bodybuilder. <laughs> and uh, the two of them, like any, about right. any interview with either of them, has this like very like get it done hardest worker make it so like know your role like they're very intense individuals and they talk and the rock talks about how without her influence his career would not be as stratospheric as it is uh but so for wrestling he has to be huge he has to be the biggest and the best person uh, he's in a feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin, which he finally wins, which kind of a, at WrestleMania, like when he finally wins, it's kind of proof that he's the number one guy. Um, in fact, it's he's gets so big that it, they bring back Hulk Hogan to fight him just to like cement the fact that like the rock is the like is wrestling. Mm. Mm-hmm. But while this is happening, he's also taking breaks to go to uh, to go film movies, such as the action comedy The Rundown, uh, uh, as Dwayne Johnson stars as a bodybuilder who must head for Brazil to retrieve an employer's renegade son, and also Walking Tall and the Get Shorty sequel Be Cool and Can We Talk About Doom? 
Can we talk about oh, Doom, God. baby? I ha- I never actually watched, I, watched I never Doom. actually sat down and watched it. And today Saw I finally it in the theater. It's totally on YouTube. So look up first person Doom movie. It's the very end of the movie. It goes into first person spoiler alert, and it is hilarious. It's just like first person like roller coaster ride. Yeah. It's so fun. It's, it's so, so fun. Well, that was the bit in the trailer that it made everyone go like, "Oh fuck, this is gonna be like Doom, but a movie." <laughs> movie like the they what they sold was that scene but for a whole movie that is definitely what everyone who walked into the theater to see that thought it would be which actually hardcore harry did yeah. it oh, did a, attempted just that recently a but. bunch of movies have since like taken the first person thing and actually pulled it off but uh you know this was before like digital filming was normalized like it even just doing the version that showed up in the doom movie was an impressive thing at the time carl urban the actor who plays reaper says in some ways it makes cinematic cinematic history and that for the first time the audience becomes the hero of the film but it's very dumb like <laughs> cinematic history <laughs> i'm watching it right now and boy there's some mystery being made here uh the Rock is like kind of under underutilized. He comes like he reveals himself to be a big spooky demon guy mm. at the end of the movie with like real bad makeup. It's dumb. It's it's it is like a theme in early Rock yeah. is that he's a real dumb looking monster yeah. at the end of the movie. At the end of each movie. Well, he also did Gridiron Gang, which is the movie I re- I mentioned earlier in this show, and that is literally him as a football coach taking a bunch of bad kids from a bad neighborhood and reforming them through uh, playing football together. Um, he also had to have his Mr. Nanny, and he had that with the game plan where his, uh, he had a, uh, he's, plays a big-time football player who uh, ends up uh, realizing he has a daughter out of wedlock, and she's like a ballerina. Of course, there always has to be a tutu involved, too, with that. Um, so he, I think he ends up taking ballerina lessons and stuff so, like that. It was a bunch of those, and he makes a deal with Disney. Yeah. Um, so he's st- so he's doing these movies, but he still is staying a visible presence in the WWE. But at the at the initial point, like people at this point, people are actually getting a little wary of him. People are kind of resenting the fact that they're being, quote unquote, left behind. You know, I don't know if you know this, but intense fans kind of claim ownership over things they love and uh, that The Rock was kind of veering away from, you know, the thing that uh, everyone loved him for was uh, resulting in a lot of blowback. Like, uh, the chance of Rocky Sucks was coming back. Mm. People were chanting, you sold out. Uh, People were actually, like, sick of him. They thought he was trying to have his cake and eat it, too. Mm. And so uh, The Rock kind of embraced it. The Rock actually became an even bigger heel as a movie star you got to. than I, he was as the corporate champion. You know, it's I'm sure someone else has been has done this more, but mm-hmm. it just from, uh, from oh. reading about The Rock, mm-hmm. it seems like he may have uh, more heel face turns mm-hmm. than like any other wrestler. He just constantly goes back and forth. Uh, could you look up um, Super Producer Marcus Parks? Could you look up a uh, rock concert Sacramento? Rock concert Sacramento is going to come up with okay. <laughs> I, you know, we may have to edit this out, but like this was a common segment on the on on late or mid whatever movie era rock where he would just sit down with a guitar and just insult the city he was in. <laughs> All right. Huh. Living Sacramento. <laughs> Sacramento, there I go. I love the announcers. Is that JR going? I think it's it, great. No, that was the king. Yeah, it's the king. <laughs> the entire time, he has the biggest smile on his face. How do you people live here? You must be insane. See, but he's having so much fun that he is insulting your hometown to your goddamn face, and I, you're still a little bit into it. I saw one where it's uh, it was uh, in Canada, and he just screams like the maple leaves suck, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody loses their fucking mind. And I mean, it, he's just great at being a heel and a face. So it just he just went. He just go with the flow. Mm-hmm. He just go back and forth, and and it always worked. It didn't matter, you know. It just didn't matter because he was just that 
good at controlling and captivating an audience. Uh, and he, yeah, he, he, as I mentioned, he made a deal with Disney. He's doing, you know, he's doing an episode of Corey in the house. Shout out to the DS game. He did an episode called never the Dwayne shall meet. <laughs> he, uh, he does wizards of Waverly place. If you've seen that, uh, Oh no, no. In the film race to Witch mountain. And if you've seen that meme where he's in the car with the little girl and he <laughs> says something and she says something and then he looks back in terror. Mm-hmm. That's from that film. Um, which film's that from, uh, the uh, race, the race to Witch mountain. Race to Witch Mountain? Yes. The, huh. race the spiritual to successor to that other Witch Mountain movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and how can you forget, if we're talking about his Disney lineage, you can't talk about the Tooth Fairy. Tooth Fairy, I knew you were going to say, ah, yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 I got an idea. What if the Santa Claus, instead of Tim Allen, was a large man? <laughs> and instead of even remotely funny, it was psycho bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so um, a little known actor at this point in time, around this point in time, named Vin Diesel, He's looking at fan comments uh, for his Fast and the Furious franchise, and he keeps seeing over and over again, fan after fan, saying, you know what you need? You needed to be a, uh, do a Fast and the Furious with Dwayne, The Rock, Johnson. You two would be lightning on the screen. You've got to, got to do a movie with him. And he heard the fans, uh, which, by the way, I love that he can read f- uh, that, that those movies are, that makes so much sense that it's literally just kids scream something, and Vin Diesel's like, all right, Put it in the movie. That's exactly what those movies are like when you watch them. I'm just enamored with the idea of Vin Diesel just sitting down in a mansion, just opening a giant burlap sack of fan letters, <laughs> just like with a cappuccino and be like, all right, time to read the fan letters. Make a car explode out of an airplane. That'd be cool. And he's like, throw it in. That's a great Put idea. it in the movie. Put it in the movie. So oh. he uh, he joins uh, the Fast Family. <laughs> the Toretto crew needs another big man. Can you make man's head explode on beach in mo- in Fast Furious movie? What if I get Jet Li to just hang out? <laughs> <laughs> Tokyo Drift. Um, so he ends up being in uh, Fast Five in 2011 as uh, DSS agent Luke Hobbs assigned to hunt down the, the uh, uh, Vin Diesel and the boys. Um, That's the one with the safe. I think that's the one with the safe. I think I've seen Fast Five. I've seen more of the later ones. Um, I'm going to say this right now: Fast and Furious rules. Uh, At one point, I I was like a movie snob, and I was like, "No, those look like dumb, stupid car movies." And then um, you're describing the entirety of America because up because they because it was like ridiculous and dumb. They tried to do the serious reboot with like Fast and Furious, and Mm -hmm. that was like dumb. And then the, and then they they hire the rock and go full ape shit Just banana like, time. Fuck it. And that's when America was like and the world was like yeah yeah, because you you realize, and I think I just got to a point where I was like, maybe I don't need to see something like Stanley Kubrick levels of of artistry every time I go see some something in the movies or I hang out with friends even to watch a movie. And I realized like, oh wait, it's like endlessly fun and awesome to get like hammered with your friends and scream at the TV screen with a Fast and the Furious film on like the best Mm kind of like what we talked about when uh, I talked about my experience with the Friday the 13th movies like sometimes movies are made to just be screamed at and that's (laughs) what Fast Five and and these and and the and the movies after that um, would be and he of course continues his role in Fast Fast and Furious Six, Furious Seven, and Fate of the Furious, which is the uh, the newest one that came out. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm definitely down. Rumor, rumor. I mean, do you remember the Instagram beef? So yeah, what uh, what is? I I think I know what you're talking about. Well, on Instagram, on Instagram, uh, Dwayne Dwayne Mister Mr. Dwayne Rock Johnson. Uh, like let off on one of his co-stars calling them incredibly unprofessional and he wouldn't name them and then Vin Diesel released a counter video on his Facebook page that was also kind of weird and vague and uh, I'm sorry this was during uh, Furious 7 Mm. and so for Furious 8 Fate of the Furious uh, the entire plot revolves around the fact that Vin Diesel and The Rock are nowhere near each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they, right? So they had a. I thought it was Statham and Vin Diesel. No, no, no. It's The Rock and Vin Diesel. Have, that's have an that's issue? the that's the that's the rumor. Okay, gotcha. And and of course that makes a lot of sense because now the next project that looks like it's coming around the bend is a spinoff Fast and Furious movie with The Rock and uh, Jason Statham. They're going to be like in their own thing or mm-hmm. whatever, right? Um, 
But anyways, uh, the buff and the Brit. The buff and the Brit. I, I honestly, I'll totally watch that movie, man. Of course, that sounds like fun, man. Jason Stay. I'm Jason Stay. Jason them so much fun to watch. I mean, tra- transistor is a transistor, right? Or transform? What, what's the one he's in where he has to electrocute himself every like? hour or whatever oh fuck whatever he's in a bunch of funny amazing wait crank 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 two crank two yeah highly recommended anyways uh he is uh eventually given the term uh franchise viagra by uh uh ridiculous hollywood people who probably like get blowjobs while they hold meetings um he and he ends up revitalizing the gi joe franchise by playing roadblock in in uh gi joe retaliation i haven't seen any of the gi joe movies that's the thing we keep saying that like he was also in journey Two, yeah uh which is the sequel to journey to the center of the earth uh gi joe retaliation um race to witch mountain is also in theory a revitalized franchise um, well, then he I, – what a movie I can talk about that came out after that that I cannot recommend enough to everyone here listening. It is Hercules called, 2014, no. a mythical action romp. Please, Jake. What? <laughs> you rem- I am Hercules. I, you remember that? Have you seen Hercules? Nobody saw Hercules. <laughs> no, of course, I'm talking about pain and gain. Hold on. I'm looking at uh, the box office mojo and – Alarmingly amounts of people, sorry. <laughs> because The Rock was in it. Um, Pain and Gain, the black comedy directed by Michael Bay. It's a Michael Bay passion project, people. You gotta see it. It's fucking insane. It's starring a. Twice Mark- as many people saw Hercules. I'm just saying, if we're gonna be talking about a movie, <laughs> it should probably be 2014's Hercules. It's because this was a passion project. By the way, have you noticed that we ignored Southland Tales just like the rest of the world? Yes, absolutely. Wasn't that that was the Donnie Darko? That was the guy. Donnie Darko guy. Yeah, yeah. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. I, yeah, I, I, I will say this. Apparently, it was kind of a stretch. He played against type during that that movie. But I, yeah, I just decided. To he already showed off his it. acting range in the Tooth Fairy. Why does he have to expand more? Very true. So in Pain and Gain, it's based on a true story, but obviously it's very different um, in its film version. It was a story published in the Miami New Times. Uh, one of the fun things about this movie is to watch it be like, are you fucking kidding me? This really happened? And then go look up the actual story. It's a bunch of bodybuilders in Miami who decide to like uh, kidnap, torture, and end up have end up murdering this guy. And then they torch, and then they kidnap another guy. And it's just a, a bunch of idiots botching kidnapping after kidnapping in the best funniest way possible the rock plays a reformed uh uh christian uh ex-convict coke addict he's so funny and fucking dark and like the and and i don't know have you seen it they really softened up the torture yeah yeah marcus how much do you know about this violent crime I just know that the torture that they actually put the guys through and the torture that was in the movie, the real-life torture was nowhere near as funny. Yeah, and the, there was a bit of blowback from the victims' families yeah. uh, upon that because this is a comedy and everything. They did say, though, um, they don't want to like glorify the killers or make the killers uh, like uh, good guys. They look like the it awful morons that they are like they don't they don't don't make them look good at all like it's it's so funny like it's just a comedy of errors but like it kind of it happened sort of and it's really dark and like fucked up uh if we're uh pain and gain was uh in 2013 also in 2013 i i'm gonna hit myself because i we almost didn't talk about this what did he won the favorite male butt kicker award in the 2013 nickelodeon kids choice awards who doesn't have a nickelodeon kids choice (laughs) i have a nickelodeon kids i'm just a whole closet (laughs) full of goddamn blimps no one ever asks about it no one cares i would sell my soul just to see what's in that blimp when you look through yeah i've never known a pussy (laughs) that would be amazing that'd be amazing um it's when, you be, it's when you finally become a man. Snitch? Snitch was a self-produced movie that The Rock like helped greenlight himself uh, to show off his acting range. And it is, I saw it with um, with my girlfriend at the time We it, at this like little theater. It was kind of this like push into indie small budget filmmaking. And the whole point was that he was supposed to be this like downtrodden small business owner and father who was embroiled with the government and Mexican cartels to uh, be an informant to get his son out of jail. 
And so the whole thing is just a giant checklist of like blue collar middle America concerns. Like I can't trust that big government and I'm so scared of these tiny Weasley Mexicans. And like, I just got to protect my kids, but my bitch of an ex-wife is getting in the way. Like literally there's a bitch of an ex-wife and, uh, you know, there's these like schlubby truckers that are like, gee, boss, I don't know if we're going to make the, the earnings this year. And, and like The Rock's like, no, we got I just also need to focus on being an informant. And so it's supposed to be this like real working class everyman hero. But he's the fucking rock. He is a mountain of a human <laughs> being. Just... Like these dingy like button down shirts are just like straining at his impossible well, that's body. Part of what makes his character so funny in Pain and Gain because he's this big, giant, scary monster <laughs> man who's like doing a ton of blow, but he's also like repenting to Jesus the mm. whole time and like trying to be like a, a gentle sweetheart mm. the whole time. And that's what the contrast makes it so damn funny. And there's just like so many scenes of like him in prison being like i will get you out of here my oddly white son you listen to me white son i believe in you you gotta be brave i will dad i will impossibly beautifully ethnic dad <laughs> and like all these like mexican gangsters who have like switchblades being like you're gonna do what we say essay and the rock is like oh okay oh don't hurt me i'm a literal modern day samson oh no <laughs> it's so fucking funny i if you have a chance or you, just, you can get it for free on streaming just like watch snitch and witness the dissonance yeah behind it um yeah 2013 is really where the rock just full you know go go super saiyan essentially he's in giant films he's in the ballers the uh, hbo comedy drama about uh where he plays an agent to nfl players living in miami um which i've seen a, a decent amount of the first season and I, I i really enjoyed it uh haven't i really i need to go back and catch up on it forbes names johnson the top grossing actor of 2013 um with his films bringing in 1.3 billion dollars worldwide uh forbes has credited the success of fast and furious 6 um uh credited him with it which grossed 789 million dollars globally a lot of money and and he's the reason why essentially and uh then he goes on yeah we did mention hercules i do want to say that he did uh uh his his training routine was like insane for that movie he, oh. <laughs> he said i trained and worked harder than ever for eight months for this role i lived alone and locked myself away like a moody 600 pound monk in budapest for six months while filming goal was to completely transform into into this character disappear in the role press journalists asked me today with the mental and physical toll the role had of me would i do it again not only would i do it again i'd do it twice oh yeah that reminds me uh we should probably talk about the rock's diet yeah <laughs> uh i saw his cheat day meal was like the craziest <laughs> nonsense i've ever seen oh, in my life 40 pounds worth of chocolate chip pancakes <laughs> But uh, his his training, you know, there's been a few iterations of this diet, but uh, <laughs> uh, but it's uh, the one that circulated uh, the most uh, is seven individual meals uh, consisting of 36 ounces of cod, 12 whole eggs, two cups of oatmeal, uh, 12 ounces of sweet potatoes, four cups of green vegetables, eight ounces of chicken, six cups of white rice. That's a lot of rice if you think about it. Uh, <laughs> two tablespoons of fish oil, eight ounces of steak, Ugh. 12 ounces of baked potato, uh, multiple salads, and 30 grams of uh, protein powder. That's a day? Uh, that's a day. Oh, my fucking Lord. That's uh, crazy. Seven meals. Uh, he eats a thousand dollars worth of cod and spends fourteen thousand. I'm sorry, fourteen hundred dollars a year on fish alone. <laughs> now I should say, uh, with um, his wife uh, or ex-wife rather, Danny Garcia, they ended up co-founding uh, their own production company. It's called Seven Bucks Productions. That's the callback, people. Mm. So when I said earlier, when he found himself with seven bucks in his pocket. And he said, I need to make a change in my life. So they named the production company after that. They've been working on a bunch of different stuff. Um, my favorite of which is they're making a fucking Rampage movie. Oh, they are making it, making it. Like, <laughs> Rampage, as we the speak. video game? No shit. They're yeah. filming it. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um, this is good because I wanted to get into uh, the social media empire that he's built with Danny Garcia. Mm. Uh which is um, it's kind of amazing that like your ex-wife is like this vital to your success yeah. as a human being. Uh, 
This is uh, The Rock posted this on April 29th on his Instagram account, and it explains uh, a synopsis of his role. Good to finally have boots on the ground here in Georgia for the production of Hashtag Rampage. I head up an anti-poaching unit out of Rwanda. My best friend is a rare rare albino gorilla named George. Very bad people infect George, an alligator, and a wolf with a serum. All three animals grow at an unprecedented rate. Their size, speed, and agility and violent aggression is off the charts. They go on a deadly rampage and want to destroy the world. George not happy, me not happy. (laughs) When they don't like you, they kill you. Well, that just goes against everything that Rampage is all about. I will hunt Lizzie down the is bad supposed people. to be a blonde Lizzie woman. Lizzie is supposed to be a blonde woman. We have the best VF, VFX monster making team, Weta, on the planet. Our actors and crew have been working very hard to raise the monster genre bar. As always, let's have some fun. Hashtag primal DNA. Hashtag George. Hashtag Lizzie. Hashtag Ralph. Hashtag Rampage. <laughs> This is a common theme in uh, the rocks. Uh, the rocks individual uh, Instagram account is just bizarre hashtags. Uh, if you followed him, you've actually seen stuff like hashtag eyebrow and tongue control, or hashtag uh, I still kick tryptophan's ass, or hashtag tell me how handsome I am, woman. Hashtag you better say very. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, there's... 58 million people follow him on Instagram. Yeah, we also have a new... Uh, th- their production company also has a Jumanji movie coming out. Um, oh, that's in the can. That's, like, ready to go. So, uh, yeah, and and most recently, uh, the giant success that everyone... I still need to watch it, and I think we'll kind of... We'll go out on a song from it, but uh, he is the voice of the Polynesian demigod Maui in the film Moana. Uh, and and you mi- saw it, and you, you a, loved it's it. It's best. It is a great movie, and The Rock kills it. Uh, so... This is okay. I said this in the beginning. I mean it. The Rock is going to be the president. It is not a joke. It is a ha ha Camacho ha ha idiocracy. It's fucking happening. He has seen America from every perceivable angle. He knows poverty. He has an impossible drive to make people happy and get cheers. He knows how to read a room and get people to get swept up in his energy. He, uh, Hits all four quadrants, which is a uh, Hollywood term, meaning that both boys, girls, older men, and older women all love him. And if you look at his movies, he kind of covers all the bases there. I mean, literally, he's like gonna—he's in Moana. You played him singing in your minivan while your kids sang along. He has repeatedly just said, if the need arises, I will do it. And in a post-Donald Trump world, wh- there are no rules. Yeah, the fucking wrestler's going to be president. <laughs> He's like always shown compassion. He makes an like uh, he always you know. There's always photos of him posing with puppies. He's uh, in every interview with the guy talks about how personable, how an intense of a listener he is. He has a million trillion dollar smile. Do you see that fucking gold mine of pearly whites he's got up there? There was a uh, Hollywood uh, producer that said that they had to edit a cut in San Andreas because there was a scene of The Rock smiling and the audience thought the movie was over (laughs) because everything was okay at that point because The Rock was smiling. I mean, Jake, I I can't say it better myself, man. Uh, My thoughts exactly. I mean, the guy's just magnetic. Um, And and that's why we did an episode about him. And uh, to... Take us out. Uh, we're going to play a song from Moana that he sings. What's the name of the song again, Jake? You're welcome. You're welcome. And that's what we're saying to you for this episode. Uh, <laughs> Leave a review on iTunes. It helps us out immensely. We're, we have a lot of exciting things happening. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much for giving us a shot. And, uh, you know, let us know on Twitter and on the uh, official Facebook group about future episode ideas and uh, just, you know, how handsome you think we are. There you go. And uh, Hold Nader's Ho on Twitch. Jake, you got anything? At Best Jake Young on Twitter. Fuck yeah. And uh, enjoy the song. Have a good one, everybody. What can I say except you're welcome for the tides, the sun, the sky. Hey, it's okay, it's okay. You're welcome. I'm just an ordinary For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, 
Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.